Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. You can uh, do that by going to Nap- lifeinnaples.net. The magazine is there. You can actually get it without receiving it at your doorstep. <laughs> We have terrific guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadoma, our state senate president. She's in a special session at uh, Tallahassee this week. We'll also visit with Boo Mortensen. We'll find out what's new with Boo. Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, and my wife Linda will be joining us as well. It is November the 7th, and on this day in 1940, the Tacoma Narrows Bridge collapsed due to high winds. The Tacoma Narrows Bridge was built in Washington during the 1930s and opened traffic on July the 1st. 1940. It spanned the Puget Sound from Gig Harbor to Tacoma, which is 40 miles south of Seattle. The channel is about a mile wide, where the bridge uh, crossed the Sound. Sleek and Center was the third longest suspension bridge in the world at the time, covering 5,959 feet. Leon Mosieff uh, designed the bridge to be the most flexible ever constructed. <clears throat> Engineers at the time believed that the design, even though exceeded ratios above length, depth, and width that had previously been the standard, was completely safe. Following the collapse, it was revealed that the engineers had not properly considered the aerodynamic forces that were in play in the location during a period of strong winds. At the time of construction, such forces were not commonly taken into consideration by engineers and designers. On November the 7th, high winds buffeted the area and the bridge swayed considerably. The first failure came at about 11 a.m. when concrete dropped from the road surface. Just minutes later, a 600-foot section of the bridge broke free. By this time, the bridge was uh, being tossed back and forth wildly. At one time, the elevation of the sidewalk on one side of the bridge was 28 feet above the sidewalk on the other side. Even though the bridge towers were made of strong structural carbon steel, the bridge proved no match for the violent movement and collapsed. Subsequent investigations and testing revealed that the bridge was vulnerable to vibrations generated by the wind. When the bridge experienced strong winds from a certain direction, the frequency of oscillations built up to such an extent that the collapse was inevitable. A replacement bridge opened on October the 14th, 1950. After more than two years of construction, it was the fifth longest suspension bridge in the United States, 40 feet longer than the original. Construction of the new bridge took into account the lessons learned from the collapse of the Tacoma Neuros Bridge, as it did of all subsequent suspension bridges. Today, the remains of the bridge are still at the bottom of Puget Sound, where they form one of the largest man-made reefs in the world. The spot was placed on a National Register of Historic Places in order to protect it against salvagers. This could be apocryphal. I'm not sure it's true, but used to travel to Tacoma on occasion. And uh, someone told me that actually uh, the bridge was uninsured. Uh, the, the insurance agent who was responsible for insuring it put the, put the premium in his pocket. Uh, it didn't uh, last long after that. Anyhow, what a loss, and of course, lessons learned from the from the bridge. U.S. stock uh, uh, markets closed up yesterday, and Nasdaq notched its uh, notched its longest seven-day winning streak since January. 
Voters across the uh, United States head to polls today to cast ballots in the gubernatorial and statehouse races, as well as consider measures on in issues such as abortion and marijuana legalization. In Kentucky and Mississippi, voters will weigh in whether Governors Andy Bashir, who's a Democrat, and Tate Reeves, a Republican, respectively, a second term, while voters in uh, several states, including Virginia and New Jersey, will be determining partisan control of their state legislatures. Meanwhile, in Ohio, Democrats and abortion rights advocates are looking to enshrine abortion protections in their state constitution, the first attempt of its kind in the state that's trending towards red over the years. So they're trying to get it uh, in the constitution before the uh, Republicans take over. <clears throat> Well, a defiant former President Donald Trump took the stand on money at the New York uh, County Supreme Court in a civil fraud case regarding the valuation of his assets, clashing with Justice Arthur Engeron, who struggled with controlling Trump. He was on the stand for four hours, and he reportedly went off on a monologue in which he called the trial crazy, prompting Justice Arthur Engeron to instruct Trump to only answer questions presented to him, according to the messenger reporter Adam Classfield. Uh, Trump reportedly took a swipe at Ergeron, uh, reportedly going off on a tangent about the state of limita- statute of limitations, in which he said, I'm sure the judge will rule against me because he always rules against me. Ergeron asked Trump counsel Chris Keis if in, that was necessary before telling Trump, you can attack me, do whatever you want, but just answer the question. Engron asked Keis, can you control your client? This is not a political rally. Keis reportedly responded to him, you're in control of the courtroom, not me. <laughs> Later, Engron pleaded with Trump's lawyer to control him if you can. Trump's lawyers, uh, Alina Haba and Keis, defended Trump, saying he was being responsive to the questions. Haba and Engron were also to... He was here to hear what he had to say, prompting Engron to snap. I'm not here to hear what he has to say. He's here to answer questions. Trump responded, this is a very unfair trial, very unfair, and I hope the public is watching it. During, Also during the testimony, during a dig, uh, took a dig at New York Attorney General Letitia James, reportedly telling her counsel, you and other Democrat prosecutors were all coming after me from 15 different sides. All the cases are not good, Trump reportedly said. Weaponization, they call it. He said, you can't say that this didn't have, uh, that they didn't have this coming. And I'm talking about Ergeron and Letitia James. So Trump uh, put on quite a show, as he usually does. And what, what I really appreciate is most people would be intimidated about the courtroom, what they have to lose, and the situation, not Donald Trump or his attorneys. And by the way, President Donald Trump is storming ahead of Joe Biden in five of six key swing states just 12 months before the 2024 presidential election, with the 45th president predicted to uh, obtain more than 300 electoral votes, way above the necessary 270 to win. Trump, despite his multiple deep state indictments and attempts to inhibit his re-election run, is leading by 11 points in Nevada. Six points in Georgia, five points in Arizona, five in Michigan, and four in Pennsylvania. Biden leads in Wisconsin by just two points. Across all six, Trump is averaging 48%, Biden's 44%. Uh, remember, there's a couple of other candidates as well. And of course, you have the undecided who have no idea what's going on. Anyhow, the 45th president is also polling at unprecedented rates among ethnic minorities and young Americans. Voters under 30 prefer Biden by just one percentage point. 
Uh, Biden's lead among Hispanics has dwindled to single digits and among one quarter of uh, black voters, 22 percent, intend to vote for President Donald Trump, which is uh, an unseen level in presidential politics for a Republican in modern times. Better still for former president is uh, almost twice as many voters are prioritizing the economy above social issues such as abortion or guns. Among those economic priorities, 60% support Trump, just 32% support Biden, and I'm sure those are the ones that are on welfare and getting and reaping the benefits of uh, the uh, great society state. <clears throat> and overall, 59% trust Trump over Biden on the economy. Only 2% of Americans told pollsters the economy was excellent under the Biden government. Discontent pulsates throughout the Times seeing a poll with a majority of voters saying Mr. Biden's policies have personally hurt them. Some GOP pollsters have considered former President Donald Trump having all but won the Republican presidential nom- um, primary. And of course, his support in the latest Rasmussen Reports poll uh, has reached a majority of 50% among likely voters for the presidential campaign. So all things looking good for the president right now, and I'm quite certain that uh, what happens with Letitia James and the Judge Engeron in New York is only going to increase his lead. Well, the Israeli military said yesterday it force, its forces have completed encircling Gaza City after an overnight barrage of airstrikes, cutting off the populous city center from the rest of Gaza Strip and effectively dividing the enclave into north and south regions. The development comes ahead of Israel's imminent ground incursion as around 240 hostages remain in Hamas captivity. Israel believes much of Hamas infrastructure is located in the north. Israel, uh, Israeli troops reportedly killed a Hamas commander and captured a Hamas compound, which included observation posts and training areas, after striking 450 aerial targets in Gaza since Sunday night. That's a lot. Uh, According to this Israeli uh, military telegram channel, the Israeli military also said it paused airstrikes for four hours to allow Palestinians to evacuate to southern Gaza through a one-way corridor. Uh, UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres renewed calls for a ceasefire yesterday as the death toll rose to 10,000 Palestinians and, of course, 1,400 Israelis. The uh, UN has reportedly more than 100 healthcare facilities in Gaza have has said they have uh, been struck by airstrikes as of November the 4th. <clears throat> Prime Minister uh, uh, Mohammed Shia al-Sudani met with Iranian leadership to sh- in show of support for Hamas one day after he met with Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, according to multiple reports. Al-Sudani met with uh, Khomeini in Tehran on Monday to jointly to condemn Israel's counteroffensive in the Gaza Strip. Uh, despite this joyful, or referring to the October the 7th attacks, we are uh, deeply devastated by the brutal massacre in Gaza, which is a collective revenge on the people of this small region, al-Sudani said. During his visit with Blinken a day prior, al-Sudani made it very clear that he condemns attacks by Iranian-backed militias against U.S. Trips, troops stationed in Iraq. Uh, they've been uh, 47 attacks on U.S. targets in the Middle East, including Syria and Iraq, uh, since Hamas carried out its attack on October the 7th. I have had a good, productive, candid meeting with Prime Minister al-Sudani, Blinken said on Sunday. It was very important to send a clear message to anyone who might seek to take advantage of the conflict in Gaza to threaten our personnel or anywhere else in the region. Just don't do it, said Blinken. 
So you can see uh, his meeting with the uh, Iraqi president didn't have a lot of impact, did it? I mean, he went to see the the Shah or of uh, went to see the uh, uh, leader in Iran and commiserated about what's happening in Gaza. Well, it's amazing that it's uh, in all the reporting on Jeff Bezos' announcement that he's relocating from Seattle to Miami, virtually all the news outlets buried the obvious lead. He'll save billions of dollars in taxes by moving from a higher tax rate blue state to a lower tax red state. This wasn't mentioned in the press. Sorry, Seattle, it just wasn't in the sunshine uh, that they brought him to South Florida. It was something else. When Bezos built Amazon in Seattle, Washington had no income tax, no estate tax and no capital gains tax. But in recent years, the progressives took charge and what they wanted to do is soak the rich with their agenda. Now Washington has the highest estate tax in the country, has just adopted a 7% capital gains tax, and the legislature is debating a 1% annual wealth tax. So why do you think uh, Bezos moved with a net worth of $150 billion? The Tax Foundation estimates Amazon founder could save as much as a billion dollars a year by living in Florida. You certainly can't blame them. As old George Gilder said, high taxes rates don't redistribute income. They redistribute people. And, of course, Bezos is an example of that. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples the website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, uh, our state Senate president, Kathleen Pasadomo, that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabees Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabees Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabees Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. 
everyone. Every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CallYourSeniorCenter.org. That's CallYourSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, we have with us our Florida State Senate President, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning. Good morning. I understand you're into the second day of a special session in Tallahassee. Yes, we are. Uh, we kicked it off yesterday morning. Um, we're considering the Israeli situation, um, sanctions uh, against Iran, um, uh, putting more money into uh, school hardening and uh, for um, Jewish day schools and the like, uh, on one hand. On the other hand, we're also addressing the uh, serious issue from Hurricane Nadalia in the Big Bend area where many of our farmers have lost everything. Yeah. Um, and we also are looking at uh, cutting the wait list for students with unique abilities to get uh, vouchers because there's now a waiting list. So, and then lastly, we are funding, fully funding to the end of the year, the My State Florida Home Program, which also has a waiting list. So it's a pretty uh, hectic a packed week. Yeah, got to say, I'm very pleased to see that uh, our citizens are taking advantage of scholarship opportunities and school choice. Yes, it's, uh, it's, it's surpassed everyone's expectation. And, you know, it just was rolled out this summer. So I think next year it's going to be even uh, more widely utilized. So I know there's a lot of support for the condemnation of Hamas and what happened in Israel. But yeah. as I understand it, in Florida, well, I think it's Florida's voice, several Florida Democrats oppose the Iran sanction bill and committee vote. Yeah, I um, I was surprised, um, and and it it was well tailored. Basically, we do have uh, prohibitions in Florida for our state government to contract with or utilize the services of any company that. Uh, is in the petroleum industry that deals with the Iranian government. Mm. Um, we just expanded that list to uh, manufacturing and, and other, uh, it's, it's a laundry list of other uh, types of businesses. And it's, 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 um, it's not too invasive, but it sends a message. And I was surprised that I think some of it is just grandstanding. That's yeah. what I think. Just politics. What, the, what some of these Democrats are doing. And I'm sure there, of course, there's a supermajority in both the House and the Senate, so their voices are not going to make a big difference when it comes to the vote. No. And, but, you know, a lot of times that's how they get their, their airtime and TV time is to um, be contrarians. Yeah. So, uh, interesting proposal from the CFO of uh, 
Florida that uh, he he's proposing I, proposing I, public I, funding for Trump or other candidates' legal defense. I you know I I absolutely. Uh, um, yeah, Jimmy Petronas, our CFO, is a great guy, but it, it, I, I think that was an off-the-cuff remark that went viral. It's something certainly I'm not interested in doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and since uh, the the legislature are the appropriators, I don't see us doing that. It makes no sense. Um, could you imagine? It would be. It would. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. One thing, though, uh, the governor was touting the fact that we have now police officers who have joined the Florida uh, Sheriff's Offices or Police Officers uh, Corps in Florida from all 50 states. And lots of money, lots of benefits are being paid out in order to bring those people here. That's got to be a real cost to uh, it's other not, states. Yeah, uh, it, it was part of his program to attract uh, law enforcement officers to our state, uh, a bon- one-time bonus program. Um, I believe it's maybe $5,000 or something like that. Right. So covers moving expenses. Um, I supported that because we really need to have um, to keep our state safe. And, um, you know, the law enforcement officers that come here provide a great benefit to us. They don't want to protect us. Uh, they also... Uh, you know, participate in community activities. So there's there's a lot of benefit to it. Right, and uh, my reflection, I mean, I think it's, the program has been very successful. The real cost is to the states that are losing these officers because I understand there's many from New York and other uh, blue states where <clears throat> they've got crime on the rise and uh, right. the size of the police force or, or sheriff's office on, on the decline. Well, and it's, it is kind of, it is sad because they're just not treated well in some of those other states, and uh, they're at risk, uh, uh, law enforcement in some of those states, you know, California being one, New York being uh, another, where the, where the governments don't honor our law enforcement, our first responders, as we do in Florida. Absolutely. So uh, the special session, is it running on time? Are you going to be able to move to committee yes. meetings? The House will be considering the bills on the floor today. Uh, they'll send them over to us tonight, and we will uh, present them on the floor tomorrow. And um, we should be done by mid-afternoon, send the bills to the governor. Hopefully he'll sign them right away. Um, and then we'll get back to our regular business in committee weeks um, in anticipation of session which begins first week in January. First week in January. Again, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state Senate president. I just genuinely appreciate, especially on your busy busy calendar this week, of coming on the show. (laughs) Thank Thank you you so much for joining us. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Kathleen. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Boo Morton. We'll find out what's new with Boo, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Make it a convenient and stress-free experience by calling the dynamic and trustworthy husband and wife team of Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties. Find out about their unique and complimentary post-closing concierge services not offered by other area agents. Matt and Megan Chionis give you the competitive advantage to command a premium price for your property. They personally attend all showings, create a marketing strategy for your property, 
and offer that complimentary concierge service to your potential buyer. This hands-on approach has helped them set several sales records in Pelican Bay and many at near-record prices. Megan and Matt Chionis understand that as an affluent buyer-seller, your needs and desires are unique. You deserve this level of service. Megan and Matt Chionis are passionate about the Naples lifestyle and they want you to enjoy it too. Call Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties at 239-269-5310. That's 239-269-5310. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratospell Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board. They help prepare elected officials to have winning strategies in the legislature. And you can find out more. The website is thefga.org. Coming up, going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo, Boo Mortensen, right here on the Paradise Coast. Former voice of Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, Boo, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Well, thank you. It's my my pleasure as well, Bob. And, you know, every day since October 7th, when it's all these bombings in Israel, it has gotten more and more confusing to me. And initially there was world support for Israel, world support for America backing Israel. We were all on the same page. We were going after Iran and the terrorists. And now... You read the paper and the demonstrations all over, and they're they're mostly all anti-Israel. Yeah, it is and am- anti-American. Yeah, it is amazing to me, and uh, you know, and and the th- interesting thing is the mainstream media isn't covering the protests of uh, some of these. There's a hundred thousand people, I think, was estimated in Washington D.C., and yet there was very little press coverage of, uh, of what was going on. Why? I don't know. I, I guess it's because they support uh, the uh, Palestine. Palestine, and uh, I guess uh, I guess there's a strong anti-Israel sentiment here in the United States, which is unbelievable to me. I'm I'm so shocked at all of this. And I let me give you an example. A good friend of mine was going to go to Paris, and they're big travelers, travel all the time, mm-hmm. not intimidated by anything. And they have friends, very dear friends, that live in Paris. The woman in Paris called them and said, you're an American. Do not come to Paris now. It's not safe. And And they're not Jewish. They're they're Americans. And because we're supporting Israel, it's not safe over there. What has happened to this world? It is upside down in so many different ways. And... uh, 
Well, one of the things that my comment is, you know, Anthony Blinken went to visit with the head of uh, Iraq uh, and to talk about what's happening in Israel. And the next day, he, uh, the guy from Iraq decides that he's going to go over and visit with uh, the uh, uh, Tehran, the, the guy, visit the, uh, well, I forgot the name of the guy, but anyhow, uh, he, uh, he, he basically is saying, you know, Hamas, I, we side with Hamas and all the devastation that's going on by the Jews. You know, the Jews, uh, yesterday, the Israelis opened up a corridor to let people leave Gaza City a one-way corridor so that people could go, go to safety would be, as they start their operations in Gaza City as they have it surrounded right now. I don't know how much more, uh, I don't know what else they could do. I don't either. And, you know, they're, they're being as humanitarian as they can. They've given them uh, advance notice. They're sending in truckloads of of supplies and water and food for the people that are in Gaza. They're giving them every opportunity to get out of there. Yeah. And and so why are they the bad guys? Yeah. It's, uh, you know, are we missing something, or is there something part of a historical events that happened that it's, it's burning hatred in them that we don't get because we're not from that part of the world? But even all these students at these universities, this is craziness. Well, one thing uh, to take it doesn't justify, but I will say this: uh, Cutter has financed uh, the propaganda in uh, universities and schools for the last te- for the last decade or more to the tune of over five billion dollars to support Hamas and anti-Israel propaganda. So, in a sense, uh, it, you know if. The people are being fed this stuff, and unfortunately, now it's being spouted out when uh, when uh, the, these these issues are going on. It doesn't justify their positions. They should be more uh, constructive and uh, should should take a look at the real issues here. But irrespective, that's one of the reasons this is happening. Well, it's a crazy world we live in, and then you look at Trump. There's, it seems like every day he's inching closer to being incarcerated. Or at least losing his family business, and they're trying to block he and his sons from ever doing business in New York again. Yeah, this could happen. Well, it's you know the whole thing is going to be under appeal, and I it there isn't a leg to stand on. This case is so weak; it's unbelievable. The judge is acting like a bozo, and uh, we know that Letitia James, her whole campaign was based on getting the job was to basically get Trump. So yeah. Trump yesterday, he, I agree with you, though. He's basically saying, I dare you, throw me in jail. <laughs> he's, he was acting out like nobody's business. And, you know, that's one of the things I appreciate about him. Most of us going into court with everything to lose like that would be very obedient, complicit, and, and uh, you know, uh, follow the instructions. Of the, he doesn't. He stands up and set, tells it like it is. And I'm, that's one of the reasons I really like him. You got to give him credit. I mean, he's a wild guy. He's a wild and crazy guy. <laughs> yes, he is. And you know what? No. If he, if he were in office right now, this whole issue in Palestine, this whole issue in Israel, in Ukraine, my personal belief, none of this would have happened because of his leadership and strength, people aren't going to mess with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like playing with dynamite. Yeah. You just don't know when he's going to go off. Oh, I agree. Now, I did read this morning that David Axelrod, who was the dem- one of the chief Democratic uh, campaign strategists, you know, who ran Obama's campaign, uh, came out and said uh, Biden is not fit 
to run. Yeah. He's not fit to run. He should do what's good for the country, what's best for the country, not what's best for him. That's a big deal that he came out against uh, Biden, and he said there are plenty of other great candidates that are just poised to jump into the fray. Let me ask you a question. Obama, it seems to be behind the scenes running a lot of stuff, at least that's that's what I've heard. I don't know if it's true or not. But he ran, you know, he was president. What if Biden fired Kamala and took on uh, Obama as his running mate? Could Obama technically run as a vice president after being president? I don't think there's any rule against it. I, I, the, the answer is I don't know. I'd have to have, we'd talk to a constitutional scholar about whether the amendment that was passed allowing only two terms as president, whether it would af- affect that decision or not. Interesting question, though, Boo, I must say. Uh, but uh, another question, too, is that Obama is now speaking out against Israel. And when he first made comments, he said that uh, what's happening right now and the, the uh, attacks against Hamas are legitimate and uh, warranted. Now he's saying, you know, we're all guilty of what's happened there. You know, I think, I think, uh, I'm not sure many people really respect what Obama has to say these days. Why is he flip-flopping? Ah, I have no idea, Boo. It's just all so interesting to me, though, that uh, I think he's trying to take more of a leadership position when it comes to public opinion, and I don't think he's getting traction on it. No, I don't think so either. But, uh, you know, they still don't know who Biden would, I mean, if he's going to stick with Kamala, who's kind of a noose around his neck. Yeah. uh, If he would pick someone else, does it have to be another black woman? Well, I I don't know. I frankly think, Boo, that uh, Axelrod's comments are somewhat the canary in the coal mine. I'm not sure that, I think uh, uh, Biden's days are numbered right now as leader of the Democrat Party because his polling numbers stink. Biden inflation, Biden, uh, Bidenomics, I guess we call it, is uh, not working. Uh, His popularity, his uh, leadership of the world is shrinking and uh, almost non-existent. I would suggest to you that right now the Democrats are scratching their heads and trying to figure out what to do from this point. Oh, I agree. I think they are, too. I don't think they know. Uh, I I agree. I think they're trying to position themselves. And aren't there five states where if there was an election now, we'd lose? His numbers are way below Trump's. Yeah, these are swing states. And, of course, they make a yeah. big difference. The other thing that came out is that right now, if the election were held today, that uh, that uh, Trump would clear 300 electoral votes. He only needs 270 to win. So uh, things are not looking good for the, uh, the other party. Democrats. Yeah. No, no. Well, who knows? You know, in six months we could be at war. Trump could be in jail. <laughs> Biden would be, uh, who knows where he'd be, in yeah. the Caribbean. <laughs> Selling influence to the Chinese. <laughs> Boo Mortensen, it's, yeah. I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Bob. Okay. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Modley. He is uh, uh, off the, the the United States shores. He's in Belize, Uh, We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education and a liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. In a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now I'll play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse. I proudly served as board chairman of Gulf Shore Playhouse for 15 years. And it's great to see their progress. They're changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. You can find out more and get some tickets to some great performances coming up. Go to the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Uh, coming up, going to visit with Linda Harden. Right now we have with us Seton Motley. He is the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. I should tell our audience right now, you are broadcasting from Belize, about, I guess, a couple of hours south of Belize City. And uh, how's everything going down there? I'm three hours south of Belize City, and apparently all of Central America has been soft in for over a week. It's pouring rain. And it's it's just insane how much rain we've gotten. I mean, it's it's like being in India, Maranza. I think it's the number one place in the world. But it's great down here. I I love it. Um, I just saw a meme that reminded me. I used to get a lot of driving, moving violations. Uh, and there was a picture of a cop in a car with a radio and a laptop computer and all that. And he just pulled someone over for driving while using a device. And <laughs> And I got several of those, and I, it reminded me that in Belize, they do not issue traffic tickets. There is no such thing really? as a moving violation in Belize. Yep. Yeah, I, well, I drive, you know, you have to drive through some some nothing to get to, you know, you know, like you said, I'm three hours south of Belize City. I had to go up there a couple of weeks ago. I did, I did 90 or 100 miles an hour most of the way. What are the, and, roads, what are the roads like? And cops passed me. Um... <laughs> 
I'm not kidding. Blew my doors off. Waved at me because they recognized me from, from Placentia where I live. Um, the roads, the main roads are pretty good. Yeah. Um, I'd love, I'd love to get the government asphalt concession, uh, to do the side roads. I, I live on a little skinny peninsula called Placentia. The main road is paved. There's some holes, but it's pretty good. And no other roads are paved. All the turnoff roads are sand or, you know, something like that. Wow. Yeah. So interesting. Makes driving a Mazda Miata a little interesting. Yes. Um, <laughs> Uh, very interesting. So, Seton, you wrote a piece uh, f- for Les Governors called uh, Big Government Censors. ISPs don't get the First Amendment. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, uh, they don't get First Amendment rights is what I changed the headline to after I realized it was a dumb headline. Um, <laughs> yeah. But but uh, w- what I meant was, you know, the, there are they've brought up net neutrality again. This is like, it's like watching Bill Murray only not funny. Um it's, it's Groundhog Day again, and um, they're pushing it again, and there's a bunch of reasons it's stupid, and the one I focused on in this piece was the assault on the First Amendment that net neutrality is. Yeah. What they're saying is they can't block content on their infrastructure. Well, first of all, they don't. I mean... There's nine million examples of big tech blocking everybody. We, you know, that's been a topic of conversation for years now. Sure, ISPs don't. You ask the most virulent anti, uh, virulent net neutrality advocate. Give me an example of ISPs. ISPs, of course, internet service providers, Comcast, Verizon, AT and T. You know, the the companies that connect you to the internet, not the ones, not the companies you get once you get there these are the companies that get you there they're right. the roads and and there's no examples of this these companies blocking they just don't they yep. never have it, right. it's bad business they, you hire them to get you to the to get you to the internet if they don't get you to the internet guess what um so so this never happens but the argument would be what does big tech argue when they block people when they when they when they influence presidential elections by blocking material and the people sharing it, it's First Amendment rights. We have the First Amendment right. Well, first of all, they do, we never know ever again whether they do because they we now know they were colluding with government right. to silence people, which is obviously a First Amendment violation by proxy. Um, so we'll never again know when they're claiming First Amendment rights. Well, gee, did the, are you working with government on that, or are you just doing that unilaterally? So that's the first thing. But here's the point. They say it's their platform, it's their property. They can say and not say whatever they They can allow whatever speech they want on it, which, if they weren't working with government, I would agree. Why, why don't the ISPs get the same courtesy? Yeah. It's their infrastructure. It's their property. Why can't they decide what speech goes on their um, on their on their property. Well, that's because they're exact same argument, but that's never that's constantly brought up by the left on on uh, when big tech blocks and and the same leftists argue that we need net neutrality, which of course we don't. And we, and we don't. And of course, uh, the big tech companies uh, dwarf the ISPs in size. Oh, so, that's another thing. It's so dumb this argument. Like this is like the underdog argument. Yeah. Um, big tech gets huge 
crony advantages from net neutrality, right. not right. the least of which is they can't get charged for the bandwidth they use. Google's a one point, I haven't looked at the market share in a while. They're like a $1.5 trillion company. They could buy the five largest ISPs in the United States combined out of their petty cash drawer. Right. I mean, you're, this is yet another advantage for companies. They're the largest companies in the history of the planet. So the, the the and the interesting thing, if we end up with net neutrality, and you are right, it's absolutely like grand, Groundhog Day. Uh, there's no benefit. Uh, can you mention? Is there one possible benefit of net neutrality to the consumer? Well, the, that what they sell is, and this is why you saw when they announced that they were going to do it again. The chairman of the Federal Communications Commission, Jessica Rosenworcel, started making all these weird arguments that no one had ever made before because she's trying to justify doing it. Yeah. It's a national security imperative. It will help us against China. What are you talking about? There, there's no, you know, that's like saying, you know, your needlepoint lessons will help you with bull riding. No, no, it won't. Yeah. What are you talking about? Um, but the, the, again, ostensibly, the main reason to do it is to prevent ISPs from blocking content. And the question, is, and of course, this with Title II reclassification, which means they're going to they're going to treat it, they're going to treat the World Wide Web as a binary, like like a phone line. You yeah. know, like a phone line. It's one direction, right? You, right? you know, it's back and forth. It's one line. The web is the web for a reason. There's nine million, and to try to regulate it like it's a a, a one-line thing is, of course, absurd, and it's going to do serious damage to the infrastructure and and your and the performance of the networks. But the justification is, oh, they're blocking content. Really? Give me an example. Yeah. Well, the other thing I worry Where are the about is blocking content. I, I, what I worry about is the fact that they could start taxing uh, consumers. That's another. That's another aspect. Is they can treat it like they treat phones, and it, and if you look on your phone, there's a universal service fund. Uh, tax of about 34%. It goes up every quarter, 34%, ladies and gentlemen. Look at your phone bill. Yeah. Um, and it goes up every quarter automatically. And it goes up anytime three unelected bureaucrats at the SEC decide to vote to raise it. By the way, I think there's a Supreme Court case coming up that could limit this type of activity. Uh, and- well, we've had, we've already had a couple. There was a, there was a, there was a, lo- a terrible ruling. Scalia, my friend, my my lawyer friend, he's a he's a he, uh, he said uh, in Texas. He said a long time ago when Scalia and Thomas disagree, Clarence Thomas and Antonin Scalia disagree. Thomas is right, <laughs> and 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 one of the issues where Scalia was very very wrong was the, what's called the Chevron decision. I think it was two thousand and seven. Yeah. And what they said and what they said was, oh, they're the experts at the agencies. They can decide where their limits are. Well, gee, you, bureaucrats given given no limits decide they don't have any um well yeah so, and the problem is the, the legislature surrendered all of their power to right. these uh, to that's these right. alphabet agencies and the consequence is we live in a in some of a social tyranny right now well yeah you i mean what do you what do you and 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 then the, what the fcc does is this, is this fake this faux democracy stuff these unelected bureaucrats announce they're going to power grab the internet and then oh we'll have a comment period and the public can weigh in yeah well if if they weigh in in favor of the power grab, they go, yay, the public favors the power grab, and then they do it. And if the public weighs in against the power grab, they just ignore the public and do it anyway. <laughs> That's exactly it. Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. Uh, very entertaining and informative. I hope you'll visit lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. 
Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure indeed. All right, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. You've heard us talk about Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center serving great breakfast and lunch. Well, now they're serving dinner Wednesdays through Saturdays, 4 to 8 p.m., and the menu is terrific, and it's great value, informal. Just drop by and enjoy a great, well, comfort food as well as some seafood, whatever Chef uh, Richie creates, you're going to enjoy. Again, Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. We have with us Linda Harden. She is my wife. She's also one of the most well-informed people I know about what's happening not only here on the Paradise Coast but around the world. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. What another beautiful day. It is a fabulous day. This is the weather that we came to Florida for. Yeah, it is. It's it's so gorgeous. It's so healthy and it's so great. We should be so grateful. Uh, I was just talking to uh, Seton Motley, who's down in Belize, and he says it's been raining for eight days, cats and dogs, which kind of surprises me. Um, I'm, well... I don't know what to say to that. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. His choice. So do you have any thoughts about right tomorrow night they're going to have the debate, the Republican debate for the candidates, who all of who will not be candidates for president of the United States. Uh, any thoughts on what's coming up? I think it's great that Trump is going to be holding a rally in Hialeah, Florida at the same time, A. B, um, you know, I am so astounded that these people have not called out the the fact that lawfare is being waged against Donald Trump and they don't nobody says anything about how awful it is or or how um evil it is or whatever 
that that tells me volumes about who they are. Yeah. Well, uh, it's you know, Patronus, uh, the CFO in Florida, has recommended that uh, we adopt a, a policy to pay uh, f- fees, law f- uh, the uh, legal fees for uh, Trump, in, in a sense for Trump, but for anybody in that situation. Uh, I, you know, I don't think that's going to get any traction, but irrespective, at least there's somebody demonstrating some support to against this lawfare that's been waged. Well, I mean, Byron Trump. Donalds has been doing it, but the fact that the candidates, the, the right. quote-unquote Republican Party are saying zero squat about it, it tells you, speaks volumes about who they are. Yeah, and of course, uh, Asa Hutchinson and... Uh, the Chris Trump Christie, calls him Ada. Yeah, and, and <laughs> Chris Christie get booed off the stage in the uh, Florida Republican rally. I forgot where that was or what happened. It was in Kissimmee, Florida, I believe. Yeah, I and, think you're right. Um, you know, these people, it just proves to me that um, stupid people can get law degrees. Yeah. Because, because Chris Christie is a lawyer. Asa Hutchinson is a lawyer. And... And they have lost all sense of reality. They're, they're 30 pieces of silver that they have taken from I don't know who yeah. um, is, is speaking to who they are. And they're looking like fools. And oh, by the way, when you're speaking to an audience that you want to elect you, yeah. you don't demonize and scold them. Yeah, like uh, Christie did, which is just... What a joke. And did you see what he did at the Philadelphia no. Eagles game on Sunday? Huh. He's, he's in... He's with a, a guest. He's a guest of... The owner of the Eagles, I'm not sure. So he's up in the stands in VIP box, and he's saying how he's for the the Dallas Cowboys in when the Philadelphia Eagles are playing the Dallas Cowboys. What an idiot! So he gets booed there too. <laughs> well, maybe he likes that. In any event, so uh, a lot of interesting things going on right now. One of the things that's that's really fascinating me is the fact that uh, I, I see. That right now, this Green New, New Deal, this uh, movement for alternative energy is beginning to implode. Oh, it's falling flat on its face. And, uh, and Jennifer Granholm, the de- de- <laughs> Secretary of Energy, continues to look like a total fool. Um, with all of this, I mean, it's it's just well one of the, uh, the one of the headlines uh, of the seventeen point four gigawatts of offshore wind capacity contracted for development over half has been canceled or at risk of being canceled, meaning the contracts are being renegotiated. In other words, Biden is going to be looking for another bailout for wind farms, but the whole process is failing. Uh, and now we're seeing oil companies saying they, well, I think it was Exxon who bought up uh, one of the oil companies. Right, I can't remember which point, one. Point being is that uh, Hess, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, Hess, you're right. I, I think, it, and and the, what they're basically saying is, we believe in carbon-based fuels. We think that's the future, and so we're buying up a supply uh, for the future. So we're seeing more and more people are beginning to say, you know, this just isn't working for us. And uh, right now, uh, the uh, electric cars are starting to stack up on uh the dealer well, they're, they're stop, they stop making them. I mean, they stop making them. L- let's just go back. Everything, everything that Joe Biden has touched has turned to crap. Yeah. Everything. And and oh, by the way, on the bigger picture on the world stage, this conflict that's going on in in Israel and and uh, Gaza, where those those. I mean, every day you hear more and more horrific stories that have come out about how what Hamas did to the Jewish people. Right. These cooking babies, and and. So what happened? 
I mean, our friends who live in Washington, oh, by the way, didn't even know this because the, the stupid media won't cover it. There, was 100, there were 100,000 people, pro-Palestinian pro people, uh, protesting in the streets of Washington, D.C., and oh, by the way, they stormed the gates of the White House. Now they've got tarps com covering all the, the paint and whatever that says F. Joe Biden on the walls of, of the gates of, of the White House. And Joe Biden hasn't gone back to the White House yet. How strange is that? Everything he is touching is blowing up in his face. It's so true. Metaphorically blowing up. Yeah, of course. And, and uh, I think the consequence is that right now the Democrats are beginning to scratching their heads and they're saying, uh, we got to find another candidate. Well, just so you know, I mean, talking about stupid people, they have become complacent and used to getting their way for so long, they don't know what to do. Yeah. And, and God bless Donald Trump, who is sitting in that courtroom taking crap from this judge who's imploding, by the well, way. I'd say he's giving out some, too. Well, he is, but, <laughs> but, but um, he's, he's absolutely putting on fast-forward the exposure of all this evil in our elected candidates. I, we, we repeat this every day when I'm on your show. Somebody else is exposed for their... Um, they're going along with the deep state and, they, and they're 30 pieces of silver that they've taken. Thank goodness for this Mike Johnson, who's Speaker of the House, who, by the way, I've told you before, Kevin McCarthy was in with the FTX people, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, getting money to, to beat um, MAGA candidates in the last election. Um, and now uh, Mike Johnson has fired an attorney who was totally with um, Sequoia Capital, who... who um, uh, Kevin McCarthy was also involved yeah. with, in addition to FTX. It's being exposed little by little, and it, it's just, by the way, it can't happen fast enough for me. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, as one former congressman told me, and I'll never forget this, he said, it was uh, Kurt Clausen, actually, he served in Congress for about, I think, uh, f three years. But his statement was, you know, Bob, we've got the best government that money can buy, meaning that uh, influence on K Street influence has a lot to do with the policy issues and the uh, stances that politicians take because they they are supporting uh, the uh, money supports their points of view. Well, the K Street lobbyists are just they're just ready to run with their hair on fire now because they're tr looking for more people to to buy off. Right, and people like Byron won't be bought off. Matt Gates is putting out a little film clip about what happened in the lead up to to Mike. Uh, Johnson being elected Speaker of the House. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I can't and, wait and of to course, see the, the, the main problem is they can't buy off President Donald Trump. And uh, But his supporters, I mean, if, if you look <coughs> at the people that Steve Bannon has on his show, Tim Burchette yeah. from, from uh, uh, Louisiana, is he Louisiana, Tennessee? I believe he's Kentucky. Kentucky. Is he? Anyway, he was on Maria Bartiromo's show this morning. He is absolutely grounded in doing the right thing, and he's on the same team, as, and he doesn't care if, if the, the, the Democrats... Oh, I have to uh, remind you of what I told you about, about Byron. Um, he's got this comment about what's coming up. You know, they're, they're going to shut the government down again, all this stuff is coming up. And Byron took it to the, to the Democrat leadership. And I, on this air, I can't tell you exactly what he said, because he said his mother... I hoped his mother wasn't going to be watching. But he called Mitch McConnell and uh, Chuck Schumer, well, boys, blank around and find out what's coming, which, <laughs> which, which gives me so much hope because Byron, who's a staunch supporter of Donald Trump, who's no, who knows what's going on, and Tim Burchette and Matt Gates and all these people who aren't showing their hand in, in what they really know is going on, 
stuff is happening, and Absolutely. it gives me it gives me hope and encouragement. Linda, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. All right. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did and learned a lot. I hope you tune in tomorrow. We're going to visit with Bob Levy, Chairman Emeritus of the Cato Institute. Uh, we'll also visit with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. I always look forward to both of their commentaries. It's going to be a terrific show, and I hope you'll join us. I really appreciate you listening to the show, and if you enjoy the show, please tell your friends. That's one of the ways we spread the word and support our advertisers, and we can't do the show without them. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. <laughs>